Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. everyone how are you all doing um i've been pretty busy i got a lot of travel and a lot of things going on and i'm here at my son's house and my grandchildren are here and they are supposed to be behaving themselves but somebody's knocking on the door right now but um i so i just want to say that i'm glad i see richard's on and ruth's on I am happy that you're you're here with me today, and my special guest, who I, he's this is his second time around because he is that knowledgeable and has so much to offer. Um, Jim Byers, who is a psychic medium, uh, he does Reiki, he is, does past life regression, and today he's coming on and he's going to educate us on psychometry and how that works and how he uses it with his practice and what he does. So I'd like to welcome Jim Byers. Hello everyone, how are you? Hey Jim, happy to have you back. So yes, glad to be back, thank you. Yeah, so you um, picked the topic today and I um, am very intrigued because I don't have a lot of experience. I only um, have used a little bit of that. So mm -hmm. why don't you take it away? Sure. Well, with psychometry, you know, I've realized the more that I look into it, it's more of a process. It's more of a process of really researching and recording <clears throat> people's psychic abilities. You know, I thought it was, it was more like, uh, you know, when I think about it, it's more like clairtangency, because that's really what it's rooted at, is being able to read an object and get information about 
a living person or someone who's passed away. Uh, you can also get information about objects themselves. Uh, and that's some of the things that the early people, the people who uh, studied this, say like the mid 1800s, this really started to get, uh, you know, some momentum behind it. Mm -hmm. And people started to study it. Uh, there is uh, Dr. Joseph Buchanan, who was one of the main people who studied this. And he was a real spiritual pioneer. And he really thought in the abstract. And he really felt that, you know, this needed to be studied. It needed to be recorded and measured. And that's, you know, <clears throat> that's where psychometry comes from. Psycho meaning the, the mind and soul and metry being measuring. Right. So it's really measuring clairtangency, uh, clairvoyance, claircognizance, all the clairs, really. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, so psychometry and clairtangency can be used interchangeably, and that's okay. But it, it really is more of a process. And if you really think about it, <clears throat> excuse me, a psychic reading or a mediumship reading can really be a psychometry experiment when you really think about it, because, you know, between myself and my client, we're recording the results that I'm getting from holding these objects. Right. Right. Yeah. And I remember um, many years ago at a metaphysical chapel, I did a little mediumship group and it was a box passed around and you felt the box. And, and what, what do you think was stored in that box to kind of heighten those senses? And, you know, it's kind of the only time I've really ever used it, is when I'm called in to do a house clearing or a blessing, I may put my hand on an antique piece of furniture and I'll get from that where that was or or what was stored in it, that kind of stuff. But that's mm -hmm. that's about all of my my experience with it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's more about, you know, guessing what the object is. I mean, that's part of it, but it's really about, and it's not even about guessing really, it's about, being able to feel it and receive a message in some way, some mm -hmm. ways, you know, it's an image or it's information, uh, a vision, uh, hearing something, feeling something, whether it's physical or emotional. And that's what Dr. Joseph Buchanan, a lot of his experiments were like that, trying to see what people could feel. Right. And when he, when he began to do experiments, you know, back in the 1800s, males were, you know, considered the dominant gender just the time period. Um, so a lot of his, the people that he did tests with were males, obviously, lawyers, doctors, clergymen, professors. You know, he felt that they needed to be people of stature. I guess that you could believe them moreover than a newspaper person. Right. Okay. Um, so he would really, he would take objects. Sometimes what he would do is get certain types of metals and see if they could feel out what the metal was. So whether it was gold or silver or whatever it may be. And what he noticed is sometimes some people were getting the information, you know, it would kind of travel, they would feel the sensation and have it traveling up from their hand all the way up to their mind and they would get the answer. And mm -hmm. to some people, they felt like they could taste what metal was in their hand. Right. So he would do different experiments like that. And one of them was, you know, the famous Johnny Carson Karnak uh, skit where he put something up to his head, and uh, that was one of the one of the main experiments that he would do because it seemed like he got a lot of really good results from it. Right. And what he would do is he would take around letters written by prominent people. You know, a lot of them were presidents, and 
he would just have people do that, put it up and try to identify the character of the person that wrote that letter. Right. And <clears throat> over time, what he realizes that actually the best, he would call them psychometers, but they're really just readers. But what he noticed over time, the best readers were actually women. And, you know, between you and me with all the spiritual work and the community that we go in, a majority of it is women. Really? Yeah. And that's that's okay with me being surrounded by women. But it's just <laughs> what he started to believe and see that is that women are more open to this. And I, I really do feel it's true because <clears throat> statistics that I can come up with are really my own, which I record what I do. And I'd say 88% of my clientele is women. And it's just that they're more open to it. They're more willing to explore it and feel it with men. Um, you know, they really deny their own ability. So I'm happy when a guy comes to see me for a reading because it means that he's leaving behind all the apprehensions or, you know, stereotypes or whatnot and letting that behind and coming here for a reading or for regression to open themselves up spiritually. Right. And I noticed personally in the last year that I'm re more men are coming to me for readings um, and for spiritual counseling to clear and open up different things. Um, and I feel that maybe some of that has to do with what's going on collectively, because the things that we believed in are all crumbling and aren't truth. So people are searching for truth now. So yeah. I feel like that, you know, they've humbled themselves and they've, they, they're really searching out They're real seekers now. Yeah. And no, I agree with you. And it's good to see. And I, I feel like maybe what holds the back is the whole masculinity thing. And, you know, I watch enough paranormal shows to realize that it's usually the, the boyfriends or the husbands that are the last ones to, you know, admit that something's going on in the home. Because right. for them, it's it's them admitting I can't defend myself and my family against this thing that I can't see or this thing that comes out once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. They always just say, oh, yeah, it's just your imagination. That yeah. didn't really happen. They explain it out as something until they can't explain it out anymore. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. a lot of the paranormal shows, a lot of the guys are, are the ones working the cameras and doing the exploration, which right. is good. Yeah. Um, but it is all about proof. And that's what Buchanan wanted to do is just provide proof to people because he really believed this psychometry could change the world. Right. And, you know, whether this is the court system, he believed that psychometry could be used to help decide or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, innocence and guilt, which I, I feel is a little bit dangerous, but he felt that people could get such a clear uh, vibe and information about maybe the weapon that was used in the murder or, you know, just like a, um, a lie detector test, a human right. lie detector test. You know, right. he thought it could be used in medicine to help uh, people you know, be able to diagnose people and help them heal in a way. And that was part of his test, too, that he would have people come in. They put the hand on the head and try to, I guess, name that disease, you know, but then try and figure out, well, what do they need to treat this? Right. Um, he also thought it could help with socioeconomical issues and religion and you know, politics, which I guess makes him a real dreamer because, yeah, I, I really feel like he, he, he felt that it could make people more genuine and more compassionate when it could be proven that you can feel people's emotions. And I really, you know, I think that is true that when we come in contact with people, whether it's at the events that we do or just on the streets, you can feel when someone is really happy 
or they're, they're having a certain issue. And if you're a strong spiritualist, you can, you know, maybe discern what that issue is. And if right. we could and do that in the, the mental health field and the medicine field, how much better off would we be? And the thing when you mentioned politics, it's the, the difference there is when people that like you and I and seekers, we are operating from a spiritual level and not the ego level that so many people do. And that's where I think that it can't really work for people that are still in the ego. Like we were just saying about men not being able to, you know, start and open up to come before it's the ego. I'm a man. I I don't buy that. I don't believe in that, you know, that anything stronger. Um, I just want to say hi to Melinda. Melinda's here now. And Richard, um, he said, used to feel what card what it was, I guess, before he saw it. Um, Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon, he got hit on, I got hit on my new na- nightstand. Oh, then later found a letter from son to mom. Ah, so, so it was yeah. on the nightstand, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We get guided to do things sometimes to, to get the signs and symbols that we need. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I feel that sometimes I used to antique a lot more uh, years ago, but you know, when I go into a place like that, it's it's almost like reading a book because there's just so many stories that come at me, and I try right. not to touch too many things. Just because right? It's, yeah. You know, yeah. I'll be there all day. That's why when when I go into homes and I do the the clearings and the blessings, if there's a lot of antiques, it's like wow. You know, there's a lot of different things. And actually, um, there is a, and I don't remember the name of it, in South Carolina in Little River. There's an old church that's a, um, you know, wine, wine and restaurant kind of place. And in one of their rooms, they have reclaimed wood that came from mm. a building where they used to store the am- ammo at, uh, I want to say it was like the Revolutionary War time. And mm-hmm. from that wood, there it's haunted with soldiers that protected the ammo. They walk that room. Mm-hmm. So you, you never know what's going to be attached. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so with some of that background on it, just to give people an idea that, you know, this is something that's been studied. Uh, but it just seemed, you know, over time that people lost just... Um, kind of gave up on studying it so much for whatever reason. And it's really, you know, had to do with the passing of, of Buchanan, but, you know, it still lives on and, you know, it happens in my readings. You know, I do encourage, you know, not so much during my events, just because I don't know who's coming to see me, you know, but they're always welcome to bring something. And I tell that to my yeah. clients who come to see me privately at home uh, is to bring an object. It's not mandatory. You know, I can still do the reading without it. For me, it just helps me make a stronger connection because, you know, there's my energy, the client and the spirit or spirits. And Mm -hmm. if someone isn't, you know, strong enough, you know, it's for me to work a little bit more to get that boost through that object. You know, and I use energy stones as well because I feel like I get a boost from them too. But, uh, you know, people come to me with all different objects. um, And... Again, it's not about guessing what it is. I've, keys are keys. And I, you know, it's about going past that. It's about trying to get information about the person who had those keys. Maybe you're going to get information about the car that those keys belong to. Right. You know, maybe you might get information on a trip that was taken or 
that car takes you somewhere that you see a home and the reading goes on from there. Right. Uh, right. Especially when it's a car that means a lot to someone. Yeah. So, um, and that, that might be an aspect that's really important. Like if someone got my keys, they, you know, my car is not my most important thing, but some people are collectors or mechanics and whatnot. And that's important to them. So it's things like that. Um, you know, watches, jewelry, you know, I'm not uh, responsible for broken and lost items, but, you know, things that you can bring and carry with you. You know, I had a gentleman come once who had this really long thing wrapped in a, a garbage bag. And for me, I'm not really, you know, I'm not a big hunter or anything. And I'm like, here's this guy bringing a rifle into my house. So he came up to my room and he unraveled it. And it was just one of those retro Panthers. I, I see him a lot in um, antique shops, but it was really big. And from that object, though, I got three people and yeah. two of those people had the same name. One was a dad and one was a stepdad. So for me to be able to get three people from a one object and be able to discern two different men who serve the same you know, parental role and have the same name, um, you know, I felt like that was quite an accomplishment. I was going to ask you that about getting more than one person from an object. So if it was something that was like passed down from generation to generation, you're going to get a hit about each of those lives that, that, that was a part of. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that was going to be my next question, but you were. Yeah, it can, it can, <laughs> it can kind of branch off, mm -hmm. you know, again, it's what I, I, I tell people sometimes is sometimes they give me information about you themselves or somebody mutual, because it's almost like when we meet somebody and we'll say, Hey, do you know, Bob who does Reiki? It's that mutual connection. So they might say, you remember mom or grandma? And they had this quality or this, you know, characterization or this object. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I, I know that a few people do that with holding objects. Um, do you, do people ever bring pictures? People do bring pictures and I can do pictures you know, when it comes to anything, whether it's an object or a picture, I always try to not see it because uh -huh. I just don't want it to influence me. So if it's a picture, I ask them to, you know, face down and hand it to me. If okay. it's an object, you know, like I said, keys are keys. I mean, people have brought me little hash pipes and CDs and dolls and shirts and hats and uh, pocket knives. And again, it doesn't matter what the object is, it's the energy attached to it. That's why I asked about the picture, because it, when you see a picture, that alters before you even really tap in, because you now yeah. have, you know. A visual. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And, you know, one thing about pictures, too, is that we put them in a frame, we hang them in the, on a wall. There's not a lot of contact with them, unless it's, you know, in your back pocket stuff there of your kids for, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah. You might get that, you know, derriere energy, but really pictures are just up on a wall, but yeah. I can read them too. And, you know, people have tried to give me their cell phones and, you know, I'm on the computer with you today, but I really don't like to involve a lot of technology just because of the electricity and the energy involved. Right. Um, I right. can do it. It's possible. Mm -hmm. um, but I just don't want to hold somebody's phone and then I touch something and it goes off this way. I just would rather really work with an object. So when you say that about the phone, um, does do you so you don't do any readings over the phone or you still I do, do mm -hmm. I do I just I'm an in-person person I prefer that yeah I but, I 
I do a lot more over the phone just because I'm all over huh. the place and I work with people all over. Yeah. And, you know, people ask me about that, but I said, you know, it's really the higher self that connects and mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter if you're in the same room or not. Um, and, it, it, you know, I can't say readings are better in person. I prefer in person because I like to see people, yeah. give them a hug after the reading, that kind of, um, you know, personalized uh, interaction. But in this day and age, the way things are, it's kind of hard. But you're pretty centered in Pennsylvania. So yeah. you, uh, and you only do events in your area. So you draw people in your area to come to you. And that um, maybe someday I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I like phone. Um, again, you know, if somebody's phone dies. You yeah. know, or, you know, somebody's calling in. I just, just don't want technology to get involved. You know, alarms going off or whatever. But yeah. again, it's not impossible. But I feel like it is a true test because we do, you know, when I am in person, I, I see a response, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so just having this blank nothingness, I feel like really makes someone come focus in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's, you know, and some people can only do phone readings too, you know, whether it's a physical yeah. thing or location or time. So I'll make exceptions, but I do prefer in person. It's just to me more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I do um, some, some zoom, but not too much, but you know, when I do the counseling, Sometimes people want to start out with a Zoom just so they can see me, get to know me. Because some people that I work with have never met me in person. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. But, yeah, so, you know, I'm good with any, either way. But yeah. usually the people I work with, I've met them at events. And they well, just it's a good way to start off or to, to work into. It's a good, like you said, it's a good way to get to know you and then maybe come in person. And then it may be to meet in person, make that connection so that when you go online, you have a good yeah. connection. Right, right. So how do, how do you feel that you um, actually can validate? Well, no, that's not a good word because we really, other than people that we're reading for, when we say things, it validates. Um, yeah. But with, with holding an object, how many times are you like spot on with that? Uh, I feel it, it's pretty accurate. Um, you know, I did a kind of a psychometry gallery over Labor Day when I was in Lilydale, and I felt that I did pretty well. I mean, nuns came up. I mean, how often do nuns come up in a reading? And it was totally correct. This woman said that there are several nuns in her family. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, it's pretty validating. And again, yeah. it gives me a boost. Like if I'm doing a reading and I, you know, I might get the name, I might get an occupation. Um, I might get a physical, you know, vision of this person. But sometimes when I hold that object, I go deeper and I get more about a certain vacation or a certain emotion or a certain issue that was in the family and saying, you know, giving guidance on it or just saying that, you know, that made them proud or bothered whatever the case may be right right so um do you teach this to 
other people? Because you said you mentioned it about Lilydale, but you were actually doing readings there through psychometry. But mm -hmm. is it a, like, do you teach this class anywhere? Well, I do uh, private sessions. And what I do is I try to do an out, you know, unless someone specifically says this is what I want to focus on. I do like an outline and I really base it off the way that I, I've progressed to this point. And psychometry does uh, play a part in that for me towards the end of the series. You know, for me, it's people can, can, can come see me once a year, quarterly, once a month, every week, whatever they feel they need. But, you know, for me, it's the first six or seven sessions are to me the most important because we're going to go over the real standards of it and go over all the clairs and make sure that you have a good grasp of how that works and can receive information that way and then move on to subjects like psychometry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But some yeah. people can start off right there. I mean, that's the thing is people are at different levels. Right. Exactly. And we all receive differently. So um, it's you, they really you really just guiding them to have the confidence to believe that what they're doing is real and what they're feeling and the, the things they're receiving are real. Yeah. Um, and yeah. To, to, to back up or to go back to what you said about before about getting evidence or proof or confirmation when I was doing that, you know, I did some myself and then I asked the audience again, I didn't know what the format was, so I didn't know what was okay to go with. So, you know, for me, it's always about class participation because there's only one way you're going to learn it is by doing it. Right. And so I asked any of the audience members, are you interested? And a couple got, you know, got involved and participated. One younger woman uh, got a picture. I gave her a picture. Well, she didn't know what it was, but when I, she did a reading and did really well on it. And I knew who, exactly who she was talking about. And when I took it back and I showed her and told her that this was my great grandmother and we used to call her Gigi for great grandmother, she said, well, my name's Gigi. So, I mean, to me, it's the synchronicity and just, the, you know, out of all the objects, that one went to that one girl with that name. Right, right. So to I me, did, that's a big confirmation. Yeah, I did a reading one time in person at one of the events and a gentleman came through, but he came through at a younger age. And I feel that um, they they come in usually at the present at the time of the life that they really felt most comfortable or or they felt their best. So I described him to a T and she knew who it was. And then later that day she came back and she had a photo of him. And I was like, that is him. Cause I could, and it, and she didn't have the photo at their time in the reading, but she was so stunned on how I described him that she had mm -hmm. to get the photo to prove to me that I was like right on the money. So I liked yeah. that, that confirmation. That was really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, talking about first experiences, for me, my first real psychometry or clairtangency experience was, you know, my birthday is uh, on Monday. I'll be 48. So this is like, wow, like 27 years ago around there. Um, and this is, you know, during a time period for me when I was curious about spirituality. I felt like I had some experiences, but I couldn't put my finger on it. You know, I was either, you know, tired or stressed out or I had a couple of drinks or it's just irony. I would just always find an excuse. So um, I'm home from school. I went to Bloomsburg University and I'm home for I think it might have been Easter break. And when I would come home for break, I stay with my gram. 
And she was in the hospital at that point for something minor. So my mom came over to get some things to take the hospital. That's when they used to let you stay at a hospital, you know, overnight and they weren't Mm -hmm. just shoving you out the door. So uh, she said, hey, I have this journal here. My her father, you know, uh, he wrote this about his World War Two service. And I was going to school for journalism. She thought maybe I could do something with this, maybe a book or a movie or something, because this is around Saving Private Ryan time period. Mm -hmm. So she gives me it and I read it over and it's not bad. It's handwritten notes and it's all about his stateside service. And it ends with him leaving Virginia at Newport News and going to parts unknown. So I said, you know, I said to myself, I know there's more to this because I know that he was in Italy. So my grand wasn't there. My mom left and I just started to rip the place apart basically. And I'm going through pantyhose and jewelry and whatever, looking for whatever I could find because he died in 1958. So my mom was a little girl. I never met him. And, you know, we really didn't talk about him that much. Mm-hmm. Just the way my grand was. Um, so I get to the last drawer and the last dresser and there's some pinochle cards and I pick up these little notebooks and I look at them and I open it up, start to read it. And it picks up where that journal left off. So Ah. he must just not have gotten to the point of transcribing. So I start to read it and it's, it's in Italy and he had just been in North Africa and it's really pretty detailed and I'm going over it and I'm enjoying it. And I get to this one point where he's talking about there's a field that they need to cross and they feel like it's under enemy observation. Uh, it's kind of dusk and they're scared. And I guess they just kind of hoofed it across this field. And as I'm reading this, I, you know, I start to feel something about it. And I just keep rereading this, this line, this paragraph about him crossing this field. And then all of a sudden it's like, whew, I'm there. I'm running. I feel like there's men on both sides of me. I can hear the grass coming up against my pants. I can hear the rocks under my boots. I can hear myself, you know, nervously huffing as I'm running. And then it kind of stops. Like I've crossed this field. And then I I look and I I drop the notebook and I just become very emotional uh, to the point where I, I need to go outside and get fresh air. So I go out, go out on the back porch and I just start to just cry, just uncontrollably. Yeah. And as I'm doing this, I kind of don't even know why. Like, you know, I never met my grandfather and, you know, it, it was kind of uh, weird to think about, like, if he didn't make it out that day, I wouldn't be here. So, you know, there's that aspect of it. And what I realized, though, I wasn't really crying for myself or for him. It was the fact that it was just being let go. Right. Because with the military... There's, you know, it's just like with, uh, you know, that movie, there's no time. There's no time to cry. There's no crying in the military. Right. You know, if, if there's an issue, you just got to keep moving on. And with the military, you know, if they do want to express something, it's off to the side by themselves. And it's very short, if at all. Right. So to me, this is an experience that was never really talked about. And it was being purged or let go in this moment with me. Right. And yeah, that was the relief. For, for your yeah. grandfather, because he never was able to do that. Absolutely. So once I collected myself, I'm like, all right, you know, there's there's more to this. I need to finish reading these these notebooks and I need to write. I need to do something with this. So I started to, you know, do some research. And if you've ever done any kind of genealogy or records uh, requests, it takes a while. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. there are times I was getting things like years later. Right. So. 
it took time to write this book. And, you know, I was lucky enough to learn graphics and layout and design while I was doing my journalism. So I kind of just self-produced it and uh, it's available on Amazon. It's called uh, My American Odyssey. Uh, you can get it on Amazon or get it on my, uh, my website. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. But it, you know, it's my grandfather's story. It's not mine. That's awesome. But, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I really feel like I was able to finish his story. You know, he was writing it for a reason. You know, even when people, to me, even when people keep uh, diaries and personal journals, there's a part of us that somewhere wants someone to read this, to know something more about us. And that's what I felt like he did. And uh, as I was doing this research, I felt like there were times that he was guiding me or when there was a certain question, he would answer it, especially with some of the Italian towns, you know, I trying to figure out. You know, was, uh, I noticed that sometimes Americans will just spell things the way they sound. Right. So it was a lot of making corrections like that, um, mm -hmm. you know, making up little maps and whatnot just to tell his story. And um, it doesn't matter if I'm on the bestseller list or not. I just was able to do that for him. And again, it was a significant experience to get me going uh, on my spiritual journey as well. And that's and that's the thing you got his story out there, and that's what was important. So um, we're going to take a break and let my um, show my commercial. And when we come back, I want to talk more about how you were doing those journals, reading those journals, and you were in that experience. And I want to discuss a little bit more about that type of experience in doing readings. Okay, sure. We, all right. So Tiffany can roll the commercial. And we'll be right back. I hope everybody hangs in there. So we're back. So I wanted to ask you, because I know personally when I do um, readings, sometimes um, I'll get overwhelmed and I'll feel very emotional. Um, I'll, if somebody had uh, crossed over with some kind of trauma to the head or something like that, I actually feel it. Mm. And it, it comes on, but it goes away as quick as once I start talking and putting the message out there, it, it leaves my body. But um, it, it's very exhausting when you do events and you have a lot of that. But um, 
does that happen to you as well? Like you're all of a sudden, like, boom, hit with whatever's coming in? Well, I'll I'll give you two quick um, examples. For one, even before I started doing readings, um, I was driving a a friend home from the hospital. They had had a procedure done and they're in a lot of pain. And it was toward the abdominal area. And as we're driving, I just felt really bad because they're crying. The pain is so bad. So I held their hand and I kind of just said to the universe, give me that pain. Take it away from her. Give it to me. And I'm not lying within a minute or so. Like I started to feel it. And I asked, I asked them, are you feeling better now? Like, yeah, I actually am. Meanwhile, now I'm in all that pain, (laughs) but I was able to work through it. Right. Yeah. And that, again, that's 10 years before I started doing my readings. Um, maybe even more. So then, you know, but professionally, I was doing a reading once where, as I'm doing the reading, I start to get a lot of pain in my stomach area and I start to get a headache and it starts to be, become really overwhelming uh, to the point where I'm almost ready to, to end the reading. And in the reading are three people. It was uh, parents and uh, one of their daughters. And I know my body well enough that my aches and pains are and what they are. And I said to them, I have to let you know, like, I'm having a lot of bad stomach pain right now and I'm getting a really bad headache. And they said to me, well, first they looked at each other in disbelief. And then that's when they said to me, you know, our daughter who passed away had a really rare stomach disease where she could not digest food or liquids very well. So she would either get stomach pains from not eating or she would get stomach pains from eating. And then she would get really bad headaches from dehydration. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, that explained it. It did persist for a while. Uh, it was it was a bit to manage, but I, I kind of had to say to myself and say to the spirit that I was connecting, like I, I can't continue to send messages if I feel this because I, I can't concentrate. I yeah. can't hear from you. Yeah, that's interesting because, like I said, when as soon as I touch on whatever's coming in. It usually leaves. I might have some residue of tightness, or, yeah. you know, something like that. But it's not as extreme as it hits. And years ago, um, before I started doing readings professionally, I was crossing a high a, a road at a busy intersection. And as I'm crossing the street, I see this horrific accident, and I'm like, oh, and I get to the other side of the road, and I was like, oh no, it's not me. And then I thought it was something that already occurred. The next day, at the same time, when I crossed that street, someone got hit riding a bike and had to be airlifted out of there. And I saw the whole event before it happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. But right away, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get hit. But it wasn't me. So that was really weird. And that's, that's why I remember that one, because it was just so impactful. And I wasn't doing mm-hmm. readings professionally. I did not you know, yeah. doing this, even though I knew I had gifts, I just didn't really work with them. So I guess maybe that was also a way spirit was saying, come on, keep going to yeah, right now. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. And, and like you said, it, it's more, you know, when it comes to psychometry, it is more than just, you know, just getting energy or the object you do get, you know, the visions you do get uh, the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And there's times when, 
you know, even I get a little, you know, like Mike Myers, a little verklempt. I, I get a little emotional because it's just so vivid and so strong. And they really love this person. Right. That's it. That's it. You connect so many emotions when you when you do readings for people that with people that have crossed over that you're not. I don't only pick up on the person who crossed over emotions, but the person who is sitting across from me. Or yeah. phone because you, the, it's overwhelmed sometimes and the grief is so strong. Um, it, Melinda, who's on, on here now, she, she said hello in the chat. I've read for her a few times. And the first time it was, you know, she had just lost her husband, you know, maybe several, several months. And it was very heavy, very heavy. Mm -hmm. But since then, we've done several readings and you know she's really it's all so much lighter and brighter and better in her life and she knows it she's on her way <laughs> and i think there's something to consider too is you know it depends on how long this person's been gone for uh because we have to think sometimes it's just like when you know somebody comes back from you know serving overseas and we see these people just jump on each other and hug you know if someone died 20 years ago and, you know, their family down here is not getting that connection for whatever reason, or they're just not seeing it for what it is. Um, you know, this first time that they are connecting, you know, and I, I'm helping do this. Uh, you feel that rush. Right. It's like it was like right. a dog that, you know, when you come home from work and your dog jumps on you, sometimes it can be that way because they haven't connected in a long time. Right. Or they. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't connected since they have crossed over either yeah. and then yeah. when they come through and you say whatever it is to you know whether it's a nickname of the person and you say it and you see the oh, yeah. tears of joy come through in the emotion it's like yeah this is why i'm doing what i'm doing this is it exactly is it. and and i and for me this is such a you know a, a fluid thing one plus one does not always equal two in this field and, yeah. you know, that's why I mentioned uh, Dr. Buchanan before, like, we all ask for proof, we all want proof. And when you get something like that, that's undeniable, whether it's nuns, or like your example, um, it feels good as a reader, because again, not only you're reminded why you're doing this, but that you can do this, because yeah. we all need that reinforcement, whether you've been doing this for 30, 40 years, or you just started a week ago, it's all right. about confirmation. Right. And I learned a long time ago um, because I would get things and I'm like thinking to myself, I'm not saying that because it makes no sense. But it's I, I don't know the person I'm reading for. So you have to give them everything because it could be a goofy, um, you know, a nickname or something. And it's like, yeah. well, I don't know what this is, but I got to say it. And then that, you know, then they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like they know it, it could it also be that you're not hearing it clear enough too. right. You know, right. in. I feel like sometimes it, it's it's always a, going against the rational brain where I feel like I hear a word and I say it, they're like, no, it's this. And it might be another language or, you know, again, a slang term that is just not part of my vernacular. Right, right. And then there's times that things come through and because the person that you're reading for has so much going through their head that there's things that they don't connect with. So, you know, I usually say, well, just just hang on to that and remember I said that. And then, yeah. you know, maybe two weeks later, I'll get an email or a text message and say, ah, I know what that was. You know, yeah. it, it connects. Because and it's it, good to get that confirmation. 
Right. But I know right. for me, when I'm doing my readings, I like to see what comes through naturally first. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I don't even need an object and I make such a strong connection that, you know, how much stronger do you want me to get? You know? Um, and then sometimes maybe I'm connecting with a spirit that, that, you know, they're glad that they came through, but they came for mom. They didn't come for uncle Billy. So that's when I'll ask for the subject to get, you know, a stronger connection from the mom than the uncle. And, you know, people have to realize too, at least for me, sometimes they come one at a time. Sometimes they're polite and take turns. Sometimes one spirit is the spokesman for several And then sometimes it's literally a bunch of people, a bunch of spirits yelling at you. And it's the loudest one that you can hear. Right. Or the one making the the most motion. And that's the one that you you get the information from. And maybe that's not who you want. But I'm just letting you know that's who's coming through because they're the loudest right now. And then that's when we have to ask them to kind of step aside or pause because my the client wants to hear from whomever. Yeah. Yeah. So do you always have crossed over loved ones come through on readings or not always? How does that work? It really, for me, again, it's whatever comes through naturally. I'm not going to filter it. I I feel like some people come here with an intention and that's fine. But I feel like sometimes what's going on in someone's life is more important than making a connection. Right. And that's when it's strictly guidance. And I have to apologize that, you know, they're like, well, I really want to hear from my mom. And I'm sorry I didn't do that for you today. But apparently this is more important. And, you know, they'll agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I and always sometimes say- it's the, the, their, their life. I don't want to say in shambles, but they just have a lot going on. going on. And I feel like they think if I just hear from mom, all this stuff goes away or I can figure it all out. But really. Yeah. Mom wants you to figure it out. And the reward is hearing from them. The the thing that I always say, uh, it's, it's whatever is for your highest best at the time of the reading. And I, and I say, I don't identify as a medium, but I welcome in anybody that would like to come through with, you know, uplifting positive messages, but it's not like, Oh, let me just dial three and I'll get grandma. It doesn't work yeah. that way. You know? No. And again, there's, you know, there's a process after we pass away that is just the whole, you know, just like the St. Peter at the gates, we have to review our lives, what we did right, what we did wrong, what did we learn, uh, what would we change, do we want to stay there and serve, do we want to return here and serve, Uh, it takes a, you know, unless you're, you know, a very God-like person, there's some time that you're going to have to spend, and there's no concept, there's no clocks, there's no timers on that level, right? 10 years to us could be a blink that has taken them 10 years to work out their human issue to be able to see things for the way they were and be able to come here and at least say hello. So I got a, I got another question for you that sure. um, it's not really psychometry, um, okay. but um, do you find that because somebody had mentioned this to me, um, another psychic, we were talking and it's like the people that have crossed over, you know, recently don't come through as clear as people that have crossed over a, a while back. And I personally, I kind of disagreed with that because I don't think there's really any difference. It's just a matter of, like you said, the, um, you know, if it's time for them to show up at the reading or not. 
Do you mm -hmm. find that it's some people that have, are, are gone longer amount of time or clearer with getting through than people that have just recently crossed over? I feel so. Yeah. Um, it's because for one, they've taken care of whatever business they had to and they're free to roam. Uh, it's just like us. You have to do your homework before you can watch TV kind mm -hmm. of thing. I also feel that sometimes uh, they won't show themselves or, or send a message because depending on what part of the process, the morning process someone is, they could take a step back. You know, I had a, a person here a while ago who uh, had a young uh, child pass away and the child, and she said, this child is appearing um, to other uh, members of my family, but not me. Why is that? It makes me feel, et cetera, A, B, and C. And this young girl told me that if I show myself to my mom, she's going to take a step back and she can't afford to do that. Right. Right. Um, so sometimes they, they're aware of what's going on with us. Yeah. And they're, you know, they don't want to make our lives worse. They want to make it better. And if them coming to someone, whether it's them or to me, if that's going to make them take a step back because it just reopens the wound, they're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. You know, and people can get frustrated. I know they're spending money and there's a lot of emotion attached to this because, you know, I have to tell people whether it's at an event or when they're coming here to my private office, it's, you know, you got to leave all that behind. You need to relax. I know people can be excited um, or nervous or anxious. You have to leave that behind because you're going to make it. I have to work through that emotion to get to your energy or to be able to deliver that. Right. And that's when, you know, I don't try to censor my readings, but there's a way to present things. And very rarely do I hold back on anything. It's only when I know that if I pass something on, it's just going to make them more upset. Yeah, so I might say it a certain way or maybe not even say it. Yeah, yeah. That's I very find, rare. I find that if there was um, like a history of some damaging behavior, that yeah. when the spirit comes through, they kind of come through a little timid and they seem a little bit in the distance because they're not sure how they're going to be re received. And yeah. then I, I just from that behavior, I know that there was some kind of an issue. But it usually always works out good. <laughs> and, and the way for me with in regards to that is when that happens for me, it's like they're standing in a doorway and they don't know how they're going to be received. Right. Right. Yeah. So or they might do, not they know what this is. the same for you in a way, too. Yeah. 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 You so, know, I was doing a reading early on, one of my first readings, and I made contact with a gentleman's mom and he, he said he wasn't interested and I said, are, are you sure? You know, it's your mom. I said, not interested. And I said, I, I feel like she has a, an apology, not interested. So I moved on. Yeah. Um, so apparently there, there was something there that I was unaware of and I wasn't going to delve into it because that's not what, what it's for. So mm -hmm. I took him on his word and just moved on. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's like, you know, I don't offer readings to people or if I pick something up with someone in a conversation I don't offer it because I don't, I feel like it's an invasion because um, they yeah. have to give permission to go into their energy, get into their space. That's yeah. how I work. I don't, you know, like this, like the, um, 
Long Island medium, the way they, they script those shows and she'll be in a store and she'll just start talking to somebody and giving them information. That's doesn't work that way. So people out there, if you're watching shows like well, that, it's absolutely edited. I mean, yeah. for one. Um, and that's one thing I don't do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was, it's an again, invasion early of on, privacy. It is. Well, early on in my career, I was doing my laundry and it was me and an older priest and I felt like there's something about World War One I, I got to tell him about. And I just said to myself, you know, I, I just got to do my laundry. I'm not here to get involved in this mm -hmm. big conversation. And, you know, I felt that in a couple other places. I'm not going to break somebody down in the middle of a grocery aisle. I'm not going right. to do that because, right. you know, they come to me because they feel like they're ready. And that's great. Um, for me to just invade them like that like you said it's just to just throw that at somebody well now they have to go home yeah. you know or they have to finish their shopping and depending what message i gave and depending on who it came through they can dance down that grocery aisle or they could throw something or they could go in there and cry all the way home and i'm just Absolutely. that's just not the place for it i don't really like that and th okay. that's why i don't do galleries either i don't like to know that there's people who are not going to get a message. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't do galleries and pay money for, for not getting a message. I know some people say, well, it's the experience. Yeah, I get that, but it'll make me really happy if I get a message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like to do galleries either. Um, I will do small groups when I know that I can get to everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, I've done like private parties and instead yeah, yeah. Into a separate room to do a reading, I sit there with, with, the people in the room. So yeah, that, yeah. that I do. But um, I wanted to touch on, uh, because you do so much past life regression. Mm -hmm. So you know that we have many lives. So we have reincarnation in order to have many lives. So once a person reincarnates, they do you think you can still communicate with them in the spirit realm? Or they have moved on? Well, I feel when it comes to that, I I kind of go to the the way that it was explained to me because I had a question for somebody. I'm like, you know, it's almost whether it's God or Archangel Michael, it's like, how can that one entity be in five million places? You right. know, when so many people call upon God, whether it's for a disease or your head's in the toilet or what, where how can they be everywhere? And what it is is just sending down a piece of yourself. Right. So I really feel when it comes to, you know, my grandmother still talking to me, even though she's reincarnated, it's, I still feel like there's a piece of her there. It's on that I, and, other plane. And it was explained to me as like the higher self communicating with the higher self. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and because, you know, people ask questions like that and it's like, well, if they, if there's a need they will be able to communicate any way, you know, it's like, um, astro, um, how, what do you call it? Travel. Um, Oh, uh, astral travel. Astral yeah, thank you. Astral. Yeah. Um, it, cause we can do that when we're sleeping, we can be yeah. anywhere. So there are so many, um, dimensions and we're just tapping into it, you know, and that's why the communication at different levels and different stages. Yeah. It's, it's like everything else. We really can't put our finger on it, but it happens. Well, I feel it might be 
you know, it might be like we get an away message. If you call someone and they're not picking up, you get a message. It could be in that respect that my grandmother could have been reincarnated and she's living that life. And I can't talk to her right now, but if I stand by, there's someone that I can speak to, which is an, a part of her. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I've gotten things like that as well. Like um, when, especially with a small child or infant that has left quickly, but they've left quickly, but they're already somewhere else mm. bringing joy to someone else who, who, you know, desperately wanted to have a child. So their journey yeah. is going, but I received that message, but not necessarily from that infant, but I mm. get the message of that journey and the purpose. I get that too with when it comes to infants, miscarriages, things like things like that. To me, it's more like an orb of energy. Okay. Yeah. You know, that, um, that's true. Cause they, they do come in like um, just, just a ball of light kind yeah. of feeling. Yeah. We have to think about when it comes to reincarnation with this too, like depending on how many generations you leave behind on earth, how many people are going to really be, wanting to connect with you. Right. You know, these are the things that hold spirits back from making that transition is, you know, sometimes it's, I don't feel like my job is done. You know, if you're a construction worker and you just like to, you know, you didn't finish yeah. that house or if you're a matriarch and you got to make sure all these kids get to call, you know, sometimes they don't want to leave because they still feel like they have an obligation or it's ownership. Yeah. Or it's ownership over a property or, you know, fear of the unknown, or you weren't mm -hmm. the nicest person and you have a pretty good idea that, you know, transitioning onto the next plane might not be so fun. That's what holds them back here. And that, yeah. I, for me, I feel like that's going to, that can hold back the reincarnation too. Right. Right. So, um, you said you watched a lot of para paranormal shows. Um, do you do any kind of tour? Cause you're in Gettys, you go to Gettysburg and that's like, a yeah, spot for everything. It um, is it's like, you know, capital. you could drive down the road in Gettysburg and get vi like flashes of things, like all that stuff that took place and, and the, the people that died there. I know for me, I, I'll drive down the road and I'll get like, like, yeah, I mean, it, I can't say it's guaranteed, but it's guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, every time I'm there, something weird uh, happens yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've had my own experiences there. And, you know, early on, before I even started doing readings, uh, I would do paranormal, you know, low key stuff because, you know, these guys can spend and ladies can spend tens of thousands of dollars on all these gadgets and whatnot. Yeah. So that's pretty yeah. low key. But even doing voice recordings and, you know, cameras and video, you can still get really good uh, evidence. Right. So that's how I really started off. And that's the, you know, I felt like I needed proof. And after a while doing paranormal investigations, I kind of said like, all right, well, I know they exist. And then I kind of naturally started to go into the, the psychic. Yeah. Yeah. I read cards before I did readings, but um, quite honestly, it's a lot to what, 78 cards in a deck. Like that's a lot. I, t I, I still like, sh like you, you doodle, I shuffle cards or I just, yeah. you know, play with them. And I tell people, I don't know how to read these. <laughs> yeah, like, it's I, just a lot. Yeah, and I might intuitively be told to look at a card because I'm not getting the message and it'll trigger something. But I don't I don't read cards, no. Mm -hmm. And for yeah. some people, it's a springboard. 
Yeah. And that's okay. Um, but I just don't like to base a reading off of, off of cards. Yeah, I, I agree um, with you But I've gotten there. card readings that are great. Yeah. You know, I've gotten ones that are just kind of general. And people can say that about psychic readings too. It's all about the reader. It, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, the paranormal stuff, I, I've always found it fascinating because mm -hmm. I had so many experiences as a child living in the funeral home. But uh, next month I have Harriet Shager. She's going to be a guest. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She was in that um, documentary, The Undeparted, and she does a okay. lot of work clearing stuck en entities or energies. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to having her on as much as I look forward to having you on. And I hope yeah. that you'll be back again. I'm sure you will. Absolutely. So I'm sure you're going to be like my regular, you know. <laughs> That's all right. I'm saying maybe we should just be doing a show together. I don't know. I was just going to say it's going to be the Jim and Mary show. <laughs> you do that. Yeah. That would be fun. And we can enter interview people together. That would be mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, you know, I guess, I guess it's about a year ago that we met. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, and I remember, I don't, I don't remember exactly what event, but I remember you came over and talked to me. You, you had questions. Um, I, and I got to ask you, are you still working a job or are you just doing this now? Uh, no, the day job left that. And this is my full-time job. And quite Good. honestly, it's the best thing I've ever done. Good. Because um, that was one of the this... questions you asked me. Because you asked me if I did anything else. I said, no, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I've, I'm glad I did that transition. Because, you know, the last year or so of having a day job, yeah, you know, I was doing well. And I said to myself, well, what if I did this full-time? And just the way things went with that, I, you know, I was, I was at the last mums in May yeah. and I'm outside, I, I'm having a cigarette cause that's how I decompress, but I'm doing that and the sun is on me and I can feel it. And when the sun is on me, that's always a sign that my grandma's near. And I said to myself, I feel really good today. And you know what? This is like a day in the office. I'm putting in eight hours. I'm working. And I, I said, but oh, I got to go back on Monday. And it's just like, I just felt this like, Ugh. you know, and my grandmother said to me, you're in the right place. And that's when I said, all right, I got to wrap this up and start to make that transition. Good. So, you. you know, I did a little bit of change on my website and got some new promotional things and got new chairs in my reading room now. Like it's really taking that next step. Good and for you. Good for you. It's I not holding back. Yeah. We have to come forward and do what we're, what we're intended to do and just have that mm -hmm. courage because it really is just those false program beliefs about you know, you got to get a paycheck and what are you going to do without it? Yeah, you have to no work guarantee. in a factory. You need to be a yeah. doctor or a teacher. Like, yeah. Right, right. As long as you're surviving, you know, well and taking care of yourself and you're, uh, you know, fulfilling responsibilities, who cares that's if you're it. a plumber or a psychic or a doctor? Who cares? Right. That's it. Well, thank you so much, Jim. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah, it's good to I see you again. Yep. Look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.